when my pain is gone and all the worries of the world just fade away what will it be like when you call my name and that moment when i see you face to face i'm waiting my whole life to hear you say well done, well done, my good and faithful one. Welcome to the place where you belong. Well done, well done, my beloved child. You have won the race and now you're home. Welcome to the place where you belong What will it be like When tears are washed away And every broken thing will finally be made whole What will it be like When I come into your glory Standing in the presence of a love so beautiful I'm waiting my whole life for that day Until then I'll live to hear you say Well done, well done My good and faithful one Welcome to the place where you belong Well done, well done My beloved child You have run the race and now you're home Welcome to the place where you belong What will it be? Like when I hear that sound, all of heaven's angels crying out, singing, Holy, Holy, Holy are you. Until then, I'll live to hear you say, Well done, well done, my good and faithful one. Welcome to the place where you belong. Well done, well done, my beloved child. You have run the race 
peace and now you're home welcome to the place where you belong well done. Thank you, Tina, so much for singing for the Lord and letting us listen in. If you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 6. This morning we're looking at Daniel chapter 6 and verses 6 through 13 as we continue in our series on pre Decide. Last week we talked about pre-deciding to be ready for temptation. Pre-deciding to say no to temptation, to move the line. If you were here last week, we talked about moving that line back away uh, where we wouldn't be too, too close to that sinful area. Today, we're going to look at another thing in the life of Daniel. Look in Daniel chapter 6, and we'll be reading verses 6 through 13. The Bible says, So these governors and satraps throng before the king, and thus said to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree, sign the writing that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his window open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed. Gave thanks before his God, as was his custom. Everybody say custom. Yeah, as was his custom since early days. That these, three, that these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king, spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. I want to talk about something this morning that can absolutely make a huge difference in all of our lives. This is something that make a huge difference in your financial life, make a huge difference in your physical health, make a huge difference in your family life, make a huge difference in your relationship with God, make a huge difference in your influence for Jesus. Sound like something you'd like to have. Yeah, well, I would think anybody want to have better health, better family, influence for Christ. And so it's not based on your appearance. It's not based on your background. It's not based on your looks. It's not based on your education. What I want to talk about today is the characteristic of consistency. Consistency. I asked Laura to come and share a brief word about a time where God used consistency to hugely bless her and her life. So Laura, come share quick uh, for a few minutes with us, please. I had no legitimate reason um, to be in debt. I just bought things I couldn't afford. 
I didn't even think much about it. If I wanted it and felt like it wasn't too bad of a purchase, then I would buy it and just figure I would pay it off over time. I excused it because I thought, well, it wasn't that much debt. There are lots of people that were in more debt than me. Uh, it wasn't ridiculous or extravagant things that I was buying. Um, and then one day in my quiet time, God convicted me and showed me that my debt was a sin. He showed me that I was asking God to use them. I was asking for God's will in my life, but that my debt might be in the way of that. I felt like he was saying, what if I want you to go on the mission field? You couldn't go because you can't pay it off here with a decent salary. So how are you going to pay it off over there in a third world country when you have a, a smaller salary? Um, and what surprised me the most was that I wasn't talking to him about money. <laughs> I was talking to him about a husband. I really wanted to get married, and I had been praying for that for a long time, and I was frustrated that I was in my 30s and not married. And it was one of the few times in my life that I heard him speak so clearly that it was almost audible. And he said, you aren't getting married until you get out of debt. I was shocked but I was motivated. <laughs> and for the first time in my life, I made a budget. It was doable, but aggressive. I was willing to make sh sacrifices short term for something that I wanted long term. Um, and I wanted God to bring me a godly husband, and I really wanted the, the sooner the better. So I had heard some financial experts say that one good way to get out of debt is to Take your budget and put the money for different categories like groceries and gas and eating out and entertainment and put them in separate envelopes that were marked. And then use that money throughout the month and when the money in that envelope was out, then you were done with that category. Um, so I did that. I took the money, you know, you know, I could take money from one um, envelope to the next if I needed to, but I could not dip into my, um, my, uh, checking account. And uh, y'all, it was hard, you know, when I had no money to eat out or to drive out of town or grocery shop um, because it, my envelope was done, it was difficult, but I stuck to it. I was consistent month after month to follow my plan and pay off my credit cards. It was hard to tell my friends that I couldn't go out with them because I didn't have any money to eat out. Um, there were times that I went out to eat, but I ate an appetizer instead of an entree because it was cheaper. Um, that's when my rule started that when I eat out at restaurants, I only drink water. I don't drink Diet Coke. Um, sometimes I didn't have money in my um, grocery envelope, and I had to dig in my cupboards and see what was in there that I could eat for supper. There were lots of times that I ate canned corn and toast for my supper. I took my lunch to work every single day. It wasn't always fun, but I wanted to be obedient, and I really wanted to be married. When I met Barry and we started dating, I didn't tell him that God had spoken to me. At some point, I told him that I was in debt and I was paying off that debt, but I figured the whole, you know, I'm not getting married until I get out of debt thing was between God and I. And y'all, consistency is not my strong suit. It's hard for me to stick with something once the newness and the fun of a new project is over. Um, but in this situation, I really was consistent, and God honored that. And I kid you not, the very month that, that I got out of debt and I paid off my last credit card, very proposed. <laughs> Only God can do that. And y'all, Jesus blessed me, um, not just with a godly husband, but he also showed me that when I consistently work to get within God's will and stay there, 
I'm putting myself in a position to be blessed. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk about that this morning, about consistency. With God's help, we're going to be consistent. Everybody say, I'm consistent. And so I want you to really think about today is to ask God, where's one area in your life that he really wants you to be consistent? It might be in your quiet time, it may be in your witnessing, it may be in your prayer life, it may be something to do with your marriage, something to do with your parenting, something in those kind of areas of your life. But I want you to ask you, what's the, what's the one place God, ask God, not the place that will be the coolest thing for you to have in a year from now. You know, well, I'm not talking about saving up for your vacation, though you can do that. I'm talking about what's the biggest area that God wants you to be consistent in. I heard one guy say, the only thing we're really consistent at is being inconsistent. Can anybody say amen? We tend to be consistent there. Um, I want to look at Daniel this morning because Daniel was a guy who was really, really consistent. And it said, I don't know if you noticed there, but it talked about that Daniel was consistent in his prayer life from the early days. That man, a long time. Daniel was probably in his mid-teens when he was taken captive over into Babylon from Judah. When he's talking here in Daniel chapter 6, he's probably around 70 years old. That's a long time to be consistent, right? From your mid-teens until your 70, as was his custom. He was consistent in his prayer life, consistent in praying three times a day, giving thanks, making supplication. And so, uh, as I said, he was, he was captured from Judah. He's a, he's a slave. He's been imported in. And so some of the guys that were kind of in the field that Daniel was in uh, didn't like the fact that Daniel was doing so well and getting attention and, you know, they didn't like that. So they decide to go to the king one day, and they want to get, their idea is to get Daniel in trouble. And so they start looking at Daniel's life, trying to find something where he's inconsistent, something where he's not doing really, really well. If he would be in today's life, if this would be in today's time, they would do things like talk to his teachers, talk to his former coaches, uh, look at his social media. <laughs> that, these are the kinds of things they would be doing. And they looked right, and they couldn't find anything, any real inconsistency that would merit anything like this. And so other than the fact that he was faithful to his God, which was not the Babylonian God, when they bring these guys in from Judah, they bring them in, they educate them in Babylonian ways, they give them Babylonian food, they're around, they teach them the Babylonian language, they're trying to make good Babylonian citizens. But Daniel, the one thing that he stood out in was he wouldn't worship their God. It's consistent in his fervor and his relationship uh, to God. And so look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 4 in the New Living Translation. And the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was always faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Everybody say consistent. That's consistency there, really, really consistency. And so they go to the king, try to get him in trouble. They go to the king, they say, oh, king, you're the man, you're the goat, and you look really good in that robe. Kind of brings the color of your eyes out. And the king looked at him and said, you're right, I am the man, I am the goat, and thank you for noticing that the robe really brings the color of my eyes out. And they said, you, you're, you're the guy, you need to do this. Here's what you need to do. You need to make a law that anybody prays to any other god besides you for the next 30 days gets thrown in the lines then. And the king says, uh, you know, I don't I think he's just, oh, yeah, man, I'm the man. Yeah, just, well, that's fine. Well, if he's going to make me more the man, then let's do that. And so they do that, and it's interesting what happens. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, the New Living Translation. Now, it's a law that if you pray to anybody but the king, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. That's a death sentence, right? 
But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down. Everybody say, as usual. Well, that's consistency, is it not? As usual, in the upstairs room with his windows open towards heaven, towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he always had done, giving thanks to his God. These guys tried to get him in trouble, and he prays just like they figured he might. And so they go to the king with it, Daniel 6, 11, first, uh, Daniel chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house, found him praying. The guy's like, I knew he was going to do that. Asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king, reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? And so the king uh, not happy about that, but he said, you know, it's law. It's been signed, can't be altered. And so that's what they did. Now, here's the difference. Daniel prayed consistently, and we tend to pray inconsistently. Amen or oh me? <laughs> I want to take that as an oh me. Yeah, Daniel prayed consistently. We tend to be a little inconsistent. So I'm going to give you three helps today. Three helps, and, and it's not self-willed. It's not self-power. It's not I'm going to do this on my own. It is with God's help. Everybody say with God's help. God's help, I'm going to be consistent. Say it out loud. With God's help, I'm going to be consistent. <laughs> Sorry I wasn't clear about that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three things, three ways that God's going to help us. Number one, you have to determine your why. Why are you going to be consistent? This goes down to the idea of value. If something's important enough to you, you'll figure out a way. In other words, if your why is big enough, you'll find a how. Gets down to values. If you go to the doctor, if I went to the doctor this week, and he said to me, Barry, you're going to die in the next three months if you don't take this medicine. I would not wait till January 1st to make a New Year's resolution that I'm going to take the medicine. Right? That's a big why. Okay? A big value of mine is being alive. Okay? So that's a huge value for me. So I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't meander around. And that's why a lot of times our New Year's resolutions are not that big of a deal. It's because we do it because it's January. You need to find a why today that's important enough to you. And if you do, you'll stay consistent. We look at Daniel. Daniel had pre-decided to pray three times a day, three times a day, and he'd been doing it since he was a teenager, and I think if you would have asked Daniel, in fact, it'd be kind of cool if we could do a Zoom call with Daniel from heaven or, you know, back time traveling Zoom calls or something like that, and say, Daniel, I mean, why three times? We have quiet times, you know? Why three times a day? I think Daniel would say something like this, and maybe you can get by on one quiet time a day, but in my culture and where I live, I need God more than that. I need God three times, at least as much as I eat. I need God. I love God so much that I want to spend time with Him three times a day. So let me ask you a question this morning. Where do you want to grow? Let me ask it to you a little bit better. Where does God want you to grow? Might be in your prayer life. It might be with your family relationships. Maybe you want to have a family prayer time. Uh, maybe it's in your Bible study or Bible reading, something along those kind of lines. Maybe you, you want to be a better witness at work, and 
Maybe you hadn't been praying over your meal or something at work or school, and that'd be a good kind of first step for you where you're at right now. But where does God want you to grow? Now, here's the thing. What's your why? Why do you want to grow there? See, a lot of people want to lose weight. I ain't because they look good in a swimming suit come this summer. For a lot of people, that's just not a big enough why. I, I exercise, and I try to, and I'm not crazy about it, but I try to eat fairly healthy. My why is I want to be able to preach for as long as God wants me to. I want to be able to walk up these steps. I want to be able to walk around. I want to have energy. Um, I want to be able to hang out and do fun things with my kids. And I want to be alive when the rapture comes. And I'm serious. <laughs> A lot of people say, I believe Jesus will come back any time, but, but they don't take care of themselves. They're like, you die and do it. Anybody, they do. If you really believe that, I want to be alive, and I would like for, Jesus hasn't asked me, but if he does ask me, I would like for him to come back at about this time on a Sunday morning, about 11.45, 11.50 on Sunday morning, because I'm at my best right now. I'm standing in front of everybody preaching the Word. I'm not really tempted to do a whole lot wrong, right? So you've got to have a why. What's your why to have a godly marriage? Tired of all the fighting. It's really not a big enough why. Uh, my spouse is just hard to get along. I don't want to, you know, have to visit my kids on the weekend. And, and that may be a pretty big why. How about this for a why? I want to honor God with my marriage. I want to, I took vows before people and before God, and I want to honor Him. She's the reason I want to have a great marriage. And I want my children to see what a joyful, godly marriage looks like. I want my kids to develop good relationship habits. And, you know, they don't teach marriage in high school. They don't teach it in college. The place where your children will learn about relationships and marriage is from you. You're married. That's where they get it from. What's your why in finances? Well, I want to be able to... To, to, to buy that purse, to buy those shoes, to buy that gun, join that hunting club, take that vacation. How about this? How about if your why is to, I want to bless people when God tells me to bless people. I want to be generous. I want to honor God with my finances. I want to be the kind of person that God can say, give that, and I can give it without having to worry about my credit card payments next month. What, what is your why? I heard one guy, and I've kind of, kind of adopted this this year. He said one of his things he wants to be consistent in, he said, I'm going to say one good thing about God to someone every day. Say one good thing about God. And this is a seminary professor. I was kind of surprised. I want to say one good thing about God to someone every day. That's the thing he wants to be consistent in. I heard about four scholars who were sitting around talking one day, and, and they were talking about their favorite translation of the Bible. And one guy said, my favorite is the King James Version. He said, I love the poetic language, the old English, the beauty of the Psalms. And another one said, I, I like the American Standard Version. It's such a, a literal version of, of one word, word meaning to word meaning. And I, I like the literalism of New American Standard. Another one said, I like the New International Version. I like, I like the fact that it's a little more readable. It flows a little better, a little bit easier to understand. And the fourth guy said, I like my mama's translation. They kind of laughed at him. What are you talking about? That translation of the Bible? She, he said, yeah. She translated the Bible into daily life. That's a pretty good translation, right? Consistently living it out. I saw a thing, Sports Spectrum, the Christian sports magazine, and I saw a thing, I don't get it, but I saw a thing, and they were asking Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy's the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He's pretty good, too. 
just got to do that, you know. And uh, so the last weekend, they were down by 17 points at halftime. A couple of years ago, he was the last person taken in the draft. The last person. And he's going to quarterback in the Super Bowl next Sunday. You're going to be here in church worshiping God. And you're going to tape it. That's why God gave you DVRs and stuff. So we tape it and go home and watch it then. But they asked Brock. He was down at 17. Led his team by one of the largest comebacks ever in a, in a championship uh, game history. And they asked him about what happened at halftime. How were you able to lead them back? And he said, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm down 17 and a half, I'm just thinking, all right, God, you've taken me here. Watch this. And win or lose, I'm going to glorify you. Boy, that gives you consistency, isn't it? And he said, that's where my peace comes from. That's where my joy comes from. That's where the steadfastness, not getting rattled, comes from. That's where I get it. My job, my, what I want is to glorify God, win or lose. Second thing I want you to see. First of all, you've got to have a why. Secondly, decide about failure. Decide about failure. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you decide to be consistent, and you pick out an area, God wants you to be consistent in this area, you're probably going to miss it a day or so. If you look back at Daniel from the time he was in his mid-teens, he prayed three times a day until the time he was 70. It was his custom. That was, what, that was what he was doing. And if you were to say, did he ever miss one? Your interpretation is as good as anybody else's, but my, my thought would be, of course. <laughs> He's a teenager. Okay, he's in his 20s. He had the stomach bug one morning when he got up. He just wasn't up for it. He had to work overtime. They had a camel jam. <laughs> he couldn't get home on time. Something went wrong. I mean, it's, you know, there's always something that's going to go wrong. Now, listen, if you decide to be consistent, there's going to be a day when you probably miss your quiet time. It's going to be a day when you miss praying with your family. It's going to be a day when you eat the entire box of Krispy Kreme donuts. You're like, oh, man, that's trying to just, that's what I'm trying to eat. And I ate the whole stinking box. You lose your temper with your kids. Here's the thing. If you miss one, don't miss two. If you miss one, don't miss two. Consistency is not perfection. You see, what we tend to think is, oh, man, I blew it. And we get this all or nothing thing. And I don't know where we, I don't know why we do this with God. We don't typically do it with something else. We get this thing of, well, if I miss it one time, I've just blown it. Here's the thing. If you miss a quiet time one day, do it the next day. A wallowing guilt you know, if you got called out early to work or you had a stomach virus or, you know, the kids got up early, you didn't have time to, to have your quiet time, don't feel like you're a crummy Christian. Don't feel like, oh, man, I can't even tell anybody about Jesus today. I missed my quiet time. God's not grading you. You know, Jesus took care of all your sins. He was consistent for us, right? And so the big thing is don't, don't throw it all out. You know, if you eat the box of Krispy Kreme donuts, don't eat two. <laughs> don't eat it the next day, you know. I, I like to exercise it in the evenings, do it about three to five times a week. And um, one day, uh, a week or two back, um, I looked at the radar, said it wasn't going to be raining. I'd go right before dark, and so it wasn't going to be raining. And so I got my, uh, my exercise clothes on, my, my running shoes, and, and I walked out the door, and it was raining. I Dude, that's, you said it was going to rain, and it's raining. I'm ready now. I got this marked off. And so um, I, what do you do? I took a nap. <laughs> and I went the next day 
don't, don't throw it all out. Don't get, all, don't, don't get caught up in the fact that you have to, you know, the, the thing is you start and you be consistent. When you miss it, don't let it go long. Just get it the next day. I was listening to a guy who's a, who's, who's a pastor, but he also does martial arts, does jujitsu with his kids. This has been time with his kids. And, and he said you start out with a white belt, and, of course, then you get to a black belt. And uh, his uh, guy that, was, that teaches them the jujitsu asked him one day, he said, do you know the white belt's the beginning? First thing, you get a white belt. And black belt is the last one. And he said, um, and so he got his white belt. And the guy asked him, he said, do you know what a black belt is? And uh, Craig Rochelle is the guy's name. Craig said, somebody you run from. <laughs> Amen to that, right? Yeah, he's a smart black belt. <laughs> He said the hardest belt is the white belt, getting started. He said a black belt is a white belt who's consistent. A black belt is a white belt who's consistent. So let me mention a third thing. So number one, determine your why. Why are you going to be consistent? Remember, we're asking God about where's the one place he wants us to be consistent. We decide about failure. If I miss one, I'm not going to miss two, okay? And then we delight in God. It's not about a goal. So that's why a lot of people with diets don't work well. My goal is to lose 10 pounds. They get 10 pounds and they quit. No, the, the goal is to delight in what God's doing in your life. The goal is to delight in how the Lord's building things into your life. This is where your one word helps you. This is why we encourage people to ask God for a word. This one word will help you be consistent throughout the year. You put it where you have your quiet time. You put it where you shave, where you put your makeup on, on the refrigerator, wherever you need to put it at. And it reminds you to come back to God. Not your habits as much. You're consistent because you love God. Don't obsess with the goal. Make it, watch this, make it about a with God. Can everybody say with God? It, okay, I'm doing this. It's not just a goal. It's about a with God life. Some of you have decided uh, perhaps that you're going to read the Bible through in a year. And there may come a day where you miss a day. You know what you do? You do it the next day. Okay? Because here's the thing. If you decide to read the Bible through in a year and you read it through in 13 months, God's not going to take his well done away from you. <laughs> Tina sang about a minute ago. And you can always plan, if I miss a day, I'm going to do two on Saturday, or I'm going to do two on Sunday. Go ahead and decide, that's what I'm going to do. But my joy is not in saying, dude, man, I read the Bible all the way through last year. The joy is in spending time with God and understanding what he has in his word. Daniel was not consistent in his prayer life so he could say, Man, I was so consistent about prayer life. Dude, I face the lions now. Dude, lion tamer right here. <laughs> he had no idea this is coming. This is not his goal. God was his goal. Can anybody say God's the goal? Really, he really, really is. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. I'm going to start being consistent in this area that we've been talking about, this area of my life, and honor God with it. I will pray for God to give hope well, divine appointments to share God's love. Last week, last month we prayed for an open heaven. This month we're praying for divine appointments to share God's love. So write it down, put it down, put it where you see your quiet time. This is the area that God wants me to be consistent. And watch, watch, watch. This is how my relationship with God will improve. Not, 
I'm going to weigh less, and I'm going to be smarter, I'm going to be out of debt, all that. that's, that's fine. This, I'm going to be closer to God because of this. Laura was telling me one time, and uh, the church she used to go to, uh, church was really good on discipleship, uh, not so great on evangelism. And a lot of the sermons were on discipleship, you know, how to be closer to God, how to walk with God, love people, that kind of thing. And she and her friends got burdened that the gospel was hardly, was just, just never presented of this is how you're saved. And so she and her friends got, and they never had an invitation. Never had an invitation for people to come to be saved. That just wasn't their church tradition. So she and her friends, they didn't go to their pastor. They're, you know, the pastor, he's the pastor. But her and her friends got burdened about it. And so they decided to start praying. And so they prayed and fasted for the gospel to be presented and an invitation to be presented. And uh, they didn't tell anybody else about it. They just prayed and fasted. Some of them praying, uh, fasting a meal a week. Some of them fasting a day a week. But they did that for six months. Is that right? Six months they prayed and fasted. It would have been longer, but sometime around that six-month mark, they go to church one Sunday morning. The pastor stands up, shares the gospel just clearly shares the gospel. This is how you need to be saved. He opens up an invitation if anybody wants to be saved to come. Open up the altar. People want to come kneel at the altar. Why? Why? Well, God did it, right? Would he have done it had they not been consistent? We don't know that, but they're really glad they were, right? Really glad they were. Now, here's the big story today. Here's the big story today. The big story is not, look at me, I'm so consistent. The big story is Jesus consistent for you. He never sinned. He never, missed a, he never missed an opportunity. He never betrayed his father. He always did the things that pleased the father. And because of that, he is your righteousness, if you'll accept him as your Savior and Lord. He is the one who forgives your sin, gives you his righteousness. And so this morning, we're not praising other people for their consistency. We're praising Jesus for his consistency and saying, God, I love you so much. And I'm so grateful. I mean, you really believe the God of the universe died for you? It's a huge thing. God, I'm so grateful. And I could never repay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in affront to you by thinking I could repay you. But oh God, I want to love you. I want to honor you. I want to praise you. And I ask you to help me be consistent this area of my life so that you'll be loved and praised and marveled at. Would you stand please with heads bowed and eyes closed? Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to pre-decide to be consistent. Pre-decide that we're going to be consistent in this area that God has shown us to be consistent in. And so, fathers, we bow in prayer. We ask today, Lord, we know we are, we'll, we're just really consistent at being inconsistent. But Lord, we thank you that you've called us to just daily obedience. Thank you, Lord, we don't have to do heroic things every day. And we don't have to jump in a lion's den every day. Sometimes it feels like that on some days, but Lord, thank you that we can be ready by being consistent. And Lord, you know my heart is that you would show each of us an area. Maybe it relates to our one word. And show us an area that you want us to be consistent in. Out of, oh Lord God, out of a love and devotion to you, out of a desire 
honor you, out of a desire to live life with you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, and we're looking around, Lisa begins to play softly today. If you've never been saved, I'd be glad to talk with you about that, share some scripture of what it really, truly means to be saved. You come forward, I'll be glad to talk with you. If you want to kneel at the altar and say, oh God, here's my consignment, just lay it at the altar. I've been so inconsistent right here, and I'm praying with your help. You will enable me to be consistent in this area so I can love you better and experience.